This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Recap Podcast. My name is Alex, and I have not read Caleb Carr's The Alienist. My name is Nick, and I have read The Alienist, but I haven't read it backwards yet. <laughs> Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6 of the TNT series titled Ascension. While we will not be spoiling any of the book, and by extension, any future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details through Episode 6 of the series, so pause this and go catch up before you listen to the rest of our episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at TheAlienist.tv and you can send feedback to feedback at TheAlienist.tv to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on TNT's or Caleb Carr's The Alienist so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding The Alienist or our podcast. Much like our friend Miss Wanda did. Miss Wanda. Miss Wanda says, I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. It really helps my husband and I to sort out the story. We actually have started using the closed caption feature on our TV because we don't always catch what they're saying. Thank you for the kind words. And mm-hmm. I also watch it with closed captions. They're also horrible. They are. On the, on the, on the, uh, the TNT app, yes. they're just misspelled. They're hilarious. Missing words. I actually screenshotted some of it. I was going to send it to you and I forgot. <laughs> there was there was one that was so funny. Oh, oh, it was, uh, it was in this episode and... <laughs> Uh, Sarah said something to Laszlo where she asked him a question and she was something like you don't believe that do you and she like the U's where like Prince would write them was like just the letter U <laughs> and it got it, man, it killed me it totally took me right out of it and I was like yep yeah yeah. I, I, I usually put them on because typically when we're watching things with people that have accents and such like that I like to at least kind of have it there as a reference if like mm-hmm. I don't catch something immediately but even Nicole's like you can just turn it off this time because these are horrible yeah, they were like, hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, Miss Wanda went Prince on. Captions. Yeah. Miss Wanda went on to say, My hubby and I both caught the arm thing. My mother in law shared with us the te- or Teddy Roosevelt with us. We feel sort of lame that we missed so much. I'll read the book and get my hubby the book on Audible. It's late, gotta sleep. Thanks, Miss Wanda. Miss Wanda, this is such fantastic feedback. It is. I love how conversational you are. Absolutely. No, and I uh, always appreciate that in people. The 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 idea like the ten- I, I would like to hear from more people about Teddy Roosevelt as well. Like, was there anybody walking into this that is like, oh, that's Teddy oh, Roosevelt? That's, that, that's the Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, that's the dude who was a president of yes. ours? Yeah. The man who was shot on his way to give a speech, and he punched out the, his would-be assassin and delivered <laughs> and the speech. Gave the speech anyway. And then went to the hospital? <laughs> that's this guy? Yes. Please, yeah. please let us know. It's cool. It sounds like a real family affair over there with uh, everybody watching The Alienist. Like yeah. She and her husband and uh, and her mother-in-law. It's kind of yeah. neat. I like that there's all these people that are and that are all talking. That, that there's conversations happening between other people and not just them and us. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's what I. That's what I like to hear. It's and, it, uh, uh, the the idea that it could be a water cooler show for some people. Yeah, pretty, and also I don't cool. think you should feel bad at all that you didn't catch that because the sh- frankly the show is doing a poor job of of displaying some things even like the yeah. arm thing 
the fact that you're like, oh, we we caught the arm. It's like that shouldn't it be. It shouldn't a, have been a catch. It yes, should have just you been. You should a, have just seen it and yep. then been like, I, I, I accept <laughs> this new data and, and I am I am ingesting it. Yeah. Because even in this show, like some of these characters are like, why why do you call yourself a cripple in this episode? <laughs> and he's like, because I'm crippled. <laughs> Yeah, and we forget that some of them don't know, and even uh, there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of very meta stuff in this episode. One part which had me in absolute <laughs> stitches, and when we, I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, that's great, and don't feel bad about any of that stuff because I know that stuff, and that's the only reason I'm catching it. Yeah, as you as you heard in episode three, maybe two or three, Alex didn't know. Yeah, no, we paused no our recording to go back and watch <laughs> the scene to say, look at his noodle arm. <laughs> Yes, we did. No, and that I mean, that's what we're here for. Yes. That's why this podcast exists. It's so that we can tell you that he's got a weird arm because nobody saw it the first time through. It's true. So thank you for listening. Alex was much like Laszlo in that moment. He had made up his mind that <laughs> it was just a, a disappointing shirtless <laughs> Chrysler. With an uh an arrow shaped uh <laughs> arrow shaped <laughs> chest hair pointing to his face, which to be honest, his face has much more entertaining hair on it, so I'm I get it. Entertaining hair, I like that too. That's pretty good. You got you got to add. Uh, that's our that's our production company. Yes, entertaining, enter- hair. entertaining hair. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, I should, should probably buy that domain before I put this. <laughs> add it to your wallet of domain names that we've bought. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Wanda, for writing in. We'll be glad to hear more from you if you choose to write in. Yes, please do. Us Let posted. us know what keep your mother-in-law thinks yeah. about the show. Absolutely, for sure. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird that my dad's not watching this because he's the one who got me into this book in I'm the first place. Super curious to hear what he thinks of it. Like I, I would love to know what he thinks about it. And he's a pretty he's a pretty easy critic. I feel like he'll probably enjoy it. Well, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, he'll be like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I like he'll, he'll I think he'll really like Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll I think he'll like the cast for the most part. And I think he'll probably just be like, yeah, it was good. I feel like I should give you this little pocket Zoom recorder that I have and just make you go watch the pilot with him. Oh my god. My if I if, if I ever get <laughs> candid videos like of my dad, they are so ridiculous. <laughs> like have you played Heads Up? Of course you have. Yeah. I played it with my dad and my brother and there's the mode to uh record save the, the video, videos. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, they're so funny. <laughs> and my and so it was me and my brother and my dad playing and I showed one of the because I thought the video was so funny. I showed it to uh my fiance afterwards and she was like, "Oh god, it's like three of you just playing this game." <laughs> and I was like, "That sounds terrible." <laughs> it's we hell. All, we all kind of laugh the same and we all have the same comments. So, I That's know, fantastic. I just it was funny. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, Let's move on with this episode. We'll start with the teaser. A young boy stops to pet a dead horse's mane in the street when he is yelled at and flees. The Isaacsons propose a sting operation to Roosevelt involving a dolled up Stevie as bait with two teams on opposite rooftops looking over him. Roosevelt has to keep his distance from the operation but ultimately agrees and leaves. Laszlo and the group discuss the logistics of the situation as to who the two teams are. Marcus and John, as well as Lucius and Cyrus, since Sarah is "quote unquote" the weaker sex, and Laszlo is a self-described cripple. Yeah, the boy petting the dead horse's mane. That horse was so awesome looking. Yeah. That was so real. Mm-hmm. I was like, "There's no way that that's a real dead horse." Mm-hmm. But maybe. I mean, they weren't <laughs> shooting in the states, so it was Budapest. Who knows what's going on over there? <laughs> 
Yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt bad initially thinking like that is a bitchin' looking dead horse, but it was very, <laughs> very cool. Like yeah. this is very real. There's no yeah. It was frighteningly real. Like the sure. mouth hanging open and everything. I was like, wow, this is some attention to detail. Like this is really cool. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. just got a really good horse actor. It made me think of a joke while I was watching it, actually, because I thought it would be like such a Monty Python style joke or something to like show like a dead horse in the road somewhere or something and then like as the scene continues two characters are talking and like someone's just like whacking away at it just like hitting it with something just beating the dead horse horse, exactly like it's just a psych gag it would be a total naked gun joke that's more appropriate than monty python Python. that would be in a naked gun movie yeah for sure but it kind of i don't know it just made me laugh the or like a far side cartoon (laughs) um yeah it's it i'm I'm still working that out like what what did that mean there's got to be some sort of metaphor there there was a lot in this episode about the boys living in poor conditions yeah and i think that it was probably mostly just driving home to that but it seemed like a very non-sequitur unconnected yeah it might even be that like like horses probably pass through the area so rarely and if they do it's so fleeting that this is the first time a kid's gotten to like get up close and see a horse even though they're all over the place yeah this is his mo- and it's like a it's like a white horse too, right? Yeah, it's that's like kind of pretty. And uh it yeah, it's just this episode I'm just going to just get right up there. This episode is so much better than the previous one. Yeah. It felt like it was far more carefully written and mm-hmm. there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened in this one. But anyway, that was one of those little moments where I found myself kind of going this feels like a a Fukunaga moment. A Fukunagan episode. Mhm. As it might be. Interestingly enough, the, bo- the both of these episodes were written by the same person. <laughs> what the shit? That's weird. Yeah. Um, so the plan, Stevie, Stevie all dolled up. The plan, the sting. Yes. I was so excited when they started talking about this because this is a big moment in the book and they just didn't quite nail it. And yeah. uh, we're going to have to wait to really talk about that at the end. But it, it there's stuff... Like what I said in, in our previous episode about the letter and them not utilizing certain aspects of it from the book, there's a there's a big giant moment in this that would have happened in this episode but doesn't. Hmm. And uh it does, but it doesn't. And well it's like near the very end. So we'll okay. have to we'll have to come back around to that, so remind me, because I will forget. And maybe you will too. We'll talk about it next we'll week. See. We'll see. <laughs> But Stevie, you know, in the book, I don't recall if Stevie is the... I don't think they have a mole or a, a plant. Okay. I, I, I think that they're just on the rooftop. They just hang out yes. outside of the brothel. I think they're not even interfering in the least because they don't want him to get skittish. Well, and that was part of my kind of uh, skepticism of the situation was the idea that they would be anywhere near there, especially later in the episode when they go into the brothel. You've got John and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marcus. Marcus, Marcus in there. Yeah. Didn't the killer kind of pull them all together at that entertainment place? And wasn't he maybe watching them? Like, why would they think they it would like? be an yeah. okay idea for them to. S- and and to but. sit in the places in the room where the killer would probably want to sit. Like yeah. In a corner with his back to a wall where he can. The, the take most everything secure. In. Yeah, exactly. The David Bowie sections of the. Exactly. The most visually arresting parts <laughs> of the room. Now that would be right in the middle of the room with like nobody <laughs> around light, you. Yes, exactly. The single light in the room. Yes. Yeah. Alex is referencing uh, an old interview I read a long time ago where I think it was a Rolling Stone thing and they talked about how Bowie would 
you'd show up for an to, to interview him and he would always sit in the most visually interesting part of the room. He, he must have arrived earlier to yes, pick out the to, most. To pick out the best spot where you would walk in and go, oh, there he is. Yeah. And, and it's just such a Bowie thing to do. Fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And he, then like he, he would, buys the restaurant to show up. It, it, exactly. <laughs> it would be that. It would be that kind of thing. That's totally what he would do. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. So I guess we can comment more on that a little bit later. But it is cool to see them coming up with a plan, springing into action instead mm-hmm. of following behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah being the weaker sex. That was a weird comment from Lucius. I feel like I I know he doesn't mean to be offensive. Yeah. But you would think he would say the fairer sex, at least, not the weaker not sex. The, weaker the choice se- yeah. of the weaker sex is feels like a just big, fat faux pas, especially with Sarah, because he knows that she's capable and she can like hang with the boys. Well, but kind of as you explained in the last episode, they are a little blunt. They are very... Matter yeah, of fact, I, I don't know that I don't know that Marcus would have been any better necessarily, but he, there's there is a woman in his life, so I feel like he's maybe a little more. I don't know. It it just was, and it was it was a term that would be accepted at the time, and I think it, it's it's I think it's an innocent slip. I, I think, feel I think like Lucius just said it. There's precedent in the show to hear that from John, yeah. you know, or yeah, like true. even even I could see so it John would Basil totally first. say that, and yeah. it would and it would make sense. Like Lucius and Marcus, it just felt like they'd be a little more progressive, but at the same time, he's just being matter of fact so yeah, yeah you're right yeah uh yeah i don't know not a whole lot else to talk about here it is interesting um, that sarah doesn't put up a fight about it though she doesn't really say anything like you know she, she just has this kind of attitude of like you, she has a look on her face of very much like Ugh. yeah she's i think she saw it as an opportunity of opportunity of like i can finally do something like police work and mm-hmm. but she's also not surprised that she gets right yeah kind of benched yep um, I guess any other thing, the few things that I did bold here, cause I'm starting to try and bold particular notes I wanted to hit Stevie being insecure about being dolled up and Sarah kind of reassuring him. I thought was a pretty nice little moment. I liked Laszlo just saying he looked lovely. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Funny. Yep. Is that later in the episode? That, yeah. Okay. That's later on when I they're, when they're actually mistake. setting. Yeah. Uh, Teddy's still thinking that Willem is the killer and Sarah corrects him to kind of say, whoever it is mm-hmm. yeah alleged, alleged yeah. yeah um i like that roosevelt's been roped into it on this level that he's he's there at the, the hideaway hq yes uh th- and well and i guess here's the other moment that i was kind of not sure about uh teddy they talk about him not being able to be attached to the... He says, I can't be attached to the painting of a boy expressly for the purposes of... And Sarah interrupts him and says, sex. And then Roosevelt has this very... I, I deign to think of what your father would think mm-hmm. of that statement coming out of your mouth. And Lazo's like, it's just a three-letter word, bro. Like... <laughs> It felt like a very weird. I don't know. I guess eighteen ninety six doesn't make sense to me, but also, yeah, maybe, it wasn't great. It, it was a great writing. Wasn't fantastically executed, but yeah. So, anything else about the teaser? I always find issue with that when people finish each other's sentences and the person who is originally speaking doesn't keep talking because usually that's not how interruptions work. You know, we're not we're not machines. Like as soon as you, as soon as I'm start to interrupt you you're not going to immediately cease what you're saying people talk over each other it's like a very obvious 
Yes, he, stated. Here's where the big hyphen was in the script where you're supposed to stop your sentence, and here's yep. where this person jumps in. Yeah. It can work, but it didn't in this scene. Yeah. Well, and I think some of that is just the idea that, like, it can, if they have two people talking, like that coming through the audio channels, as we know with people cross-talking on a podcast, can be a little more difficult to really mm-hmm. actually hear what's going on. So, but anyway, uh, on to Act One, which is once again monster-sized. Connor gets pissed when he's called a patty and is charged for a beer at the bar after losing his job as captain of the police force. Willem's parents explain that he is expected to be on a steamboat to Buenos Aires, and he protests, but his mother reassures him that it's only temporary. Lucius and Marcus take their positions as Stevie takes to the streets after a brief pep talk from Laszlo and Sarah explaining their profile of the killer. I'm going to stop there real quick because there's a lot to talk about. Yes. Uh, Plainclothes Connor. Like like I said, kind of you, you kind of feel for the guy. Yep. it's kind of a bummer. He's lost. He's lost the the only the one thing he has. Yeah, the one thing he has, but the one thing that he like wasn't even necessarily prideful to S- be something that separates him from the rest of the Irish. Yeah, which you know, obviously the Irish that weren't respected at the time, mm-hmm. you know, signs out in the the street that say Irish need not apply that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Willem going to Buenos Aires and some more Sean Young. Finally, Mr. Van Bergen is there to n- not ignore everything going on around him. <laughs> but still sort of. <laughs> but, yeah, but still sort of does. The Ted Wheeler of this show. <laughs> what uh, I do. Good thing to know. Dad's in 1896 <laughs> or just the same as dad's in 18 yes, or in, 1986. In Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah. What I do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then, as you said, the moment where uh, when they're in the collage or the, mm-hmm. the the carriage and like Sarah asks how Stevie looks and Lazo is just kind of like lovely. <laughs> and Stevie's just kind of like Ugh. he's having a little bit of fun with Stevie. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Well, and also, I think he kind of doesn't have anything else. He's like, yeah, you, you look like you could pass for a girl. Even Roosevelt earlier didn't realize that it was a boy. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. So. Stevie's a convincing, apparently convincing girl. Uh, so a little bit more into it here. John walks into a soda shop and finds Joseph, who is drinking an egg cream. John wardens Joseph to keep his window shut tonight. He probes to try and find out how long Joseph has been working, but Joseph doesn't know. He also asks if Joseph has ever considered doing anything else. So Joseph asks him what he does, and he exclaims how stupid John job, John's job seems. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, I forgot about this moment when you were saying earlier, but it was so funny. I was like, oh, even the show thinks John's job is dumb. Exactly. <laughs> it was so funny. <sighs> it was almost like a response to us. It was so good. <laughs> they were listening to us. I really hope that Nance, uh, Nancy has watched this episode and is going to listen to ours because I really want to hear her because she like, you know, directly <laughs> agreed. also yeah. agreed. Yeah. That it is kind of goofy. Yeah. No, it was, it was very good. Uh, a little more Luke Evans swagger here. Once again, walking in, you know, it's not actually egg or cream. <laughs> yeah. Right. What does yeah. he say? Is it there? It, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, carbonated like water, milk, and chocolate milk syrup. And chocolate sauce. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very good. Uh, 
Joseph not knowing how long he's been working is probably the saddest thing I've seen in this show. It was thus far. Like that's yes. and and when he asks where do you call home and he's like, "Well, I live at the I work at the uh where is he now?" I uh, the, the golden, golden the slide room. is, the, slide, is, is yes. the the most recent. That's you know, the answer to him is not like, "Oh, I'm my family's from, you know." Yeah. Uptown or whatever. He doesn't or whatever. he like doesn't know his parents. Right. Who knows if he has a brother or siblings or Ugh. anything. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. For sure. Uh, back to Stevie. One man tries to hire him, but Stevie shoes him off after realizing slash thinking that this couldn't be the killer. A shadowy figure begins to approach Stevie, but is scared off when a child recognizes Stevie. Uh, in a carriage, Sarah asks Laszlo why he considers himself a cripple, and Laszlo answers that it's because he has a congenital defect where his arm didn't fully develop. Then finally, John returns to the roof only to annoy Marcus with all the cigarettes that he's lighting, but John sees a man on an adjacent rooftop. Marcus chases the figure as it begins to flee, only to catch up and find out it's a priest with a bag full of Bibles. Because, you know, where else is a priest with a bag full of Bibles going to be at 10 o'clock at night? Well, there's something to that Hmm. that they don't talk about. They don't get to in this episode. Hmm. Okay. It might be coming, though. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Cyrus, I was really excited when they kind of looked to Cyrus cause like we need another able-bodied guy to help us out. And they, well, yeah, that was in the teaser. And, yeah. And he's yeah. just kind of like, all right. And I was yeah. like, oh yes, we and get like, some Cyrus, get Cyrus involved in this. I also think it's really interesting that the Isaacsons know that Laszlo is a cripple, but he's clearly never told anybody except for John. Really? They, they have just, I believe that they've just deduced it. They intuited. Yes. They were they were like you. They're like he's only using his left hand <laughs> for everything. People get beaten for that nowadays. They were probably just very like they probably just figured it out and were like whatever because yeah. they don't even know what to say. They just they have realized that he is not one hundred percent physically able in the event of like an attack. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's kind of cool that he just goes a cripple and just yeah. like says it, and they're just kind of like good enough for us, and then they just kind of move <laughs> right on. That's great. Meanwhile, they're like, oh Sarah, you're the weaker sex. Yes. Laszlo only has one good arm. <laughs> Wait in the carriage with him. <laughs> uh, the more I just want to say with the in regard to the more uh, Joseph scene, it's I loved that. I thought that was one of my favorite scenes yeah. of the episode, and I think uh, it's really awesome that they're really nailing that relationship because Moore does kind of bond with him in the book. Yeah, and it's you you never really get a a real beat on why. I think it's just because this is a kid who is the the system has failed him. You know, he's he is he is living as low as he could but he still is like there's still a glimmer of hope and innocence in him i think which i think the actor is really helping convey like yeah. the the scenes are really good and it's funny watching luke evans be you know in some scenes he's very good opposite some of the adults and in some scenes they don't work as well but all the scenes with this kid they work really well mm-hmm. and i think that's fantastic yeah and the uh well and it looks as though the show with the with the f- the dream that John has in the mm-hmm. previous episode, the show wants you to kind of think that John sees some of his brother and Joseph. Yes. Uh, at least in the situation of like helplessly well, and, and not I, being able to help with the situation. Exa- yeah. He wants people to help something. And, and plus I think with this kid, especially like this kid's still alive. Yeah. He, there's a chance for him and no one else seems to like get that. They're all mm-hmm. just focused on catching the killer. And John is still in this weird, like, in between jelly world of it doesn't know where exactly he belongs in the in the machine but when the show was announced and and moving forward i remember being nervous because child actors so frequently are terrible yeah and this show 
you know involves kids really heavily obviously even stevie i was nervous about yeah it's because i was like oh stevie's an important character and I'm just glad that they've done so well with the casting with the kids. They're all really good. Well, yeah, even the boy who pets the horse in the beginning and is with Rosie, I think, is mm-hmm. what they call him then. And we see him later in the episode. They're yeah. all they're they've good. All been very they're good. really good actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's enough. But anyway, that's the last thing I wanted to say about them. Morrissey was just very good. I feel like the some of the reason for that is I feel like if you make things, I feel like it's probably easier for kids to understand acting when they are in a transformative, a more all-encompassing situation. Mm. The idea that it's much further from their current life than, than you know, like, I don't know, something like Big Little Lies where it's a bunch of kids going to school or mm. something like that. Like it's probably to give them something a little more definitive to sink their teeth in. They don't have to be so. Uh, it's a lot easier for them to not act so subtle about because they're things. really playing a a part rather than like. I I see what you're saying. That's an interesting theory, though. I feel like adults so often have to draw on their own experiences and find ways to relate to these characters, and they have to use their own lives as a as a template. And they, he's a kid. He hasn't had that much life to live. Well, yet, you know? that's true. But that's but the thing to me is that like I feel may, maybe it's the way some shows are written or something of like. But the idea that you're going to just tell the kid we need you to be a kid, you're not giving them a lot. But if that's you're like true. we need you to be a kid who's actually kind of a prostitute, like obviously maybe they didn't describe it this way. But right, that's what's curious too is tricking kids into giving good performances. <laughs> exactly. And I, and like I, how, yeah, how did they what? At least you can kind of see that you can more sneakily and like a good director or whoever it is Mm -hmm. would maybe be able to manipulate that child a little bit more to get them to what they need to be without revealing the horrors of the show to them, (laughs) maybe, but... I don't know. And maybe they're casting kids that are a little older than they look. That too. Stevie's probably like 18 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah, no, sorry, John and Stevie. What was after uh, John and uh, or John, Joseph? John and Joseph, excuse me. Uh, after John and Joseph, Stevie shoes off one dude. Okay, yeah, that was good. And the shadowy figure approaches him. So, I mean, that's the guy. Yeah, it's got to be the guy. That's the guy. Yeah, I'm it wasn't, it wasn't Willem. I'm just going to tell know? you. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved the way he stopped and just like turned yep. and just went yeah. to a different direction like a like a soldier like, oh there's a person who knows you kind of goodbye well or even I, just... I don't know if it, if it was that so much as just because i did get worried i was like okay the kid's like yeah he's stevie what are you doing and he's yeah. like i'm working for the cops get out of here and it's just like this <laughs> and they're just so loud it's stupid about it and i was like oh no he's gonna hear but then i think it was just the fact that he was on his way to him and then something got in his way and it interfered with his plan like yeah. suddenly someone else was gonna see him and it just couldn't he just got free spooked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that shot though of him coming is so good. It was very That's good. That's like some Jaws shit with that fin coming. <laughs> like that was awesome. I really liked that. Yeah. So well done. Uh they somehow managed to like light the fog around him, but not him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's just really cool. It's like the it's like the the cover of the Exorcist. Yeah. Like that poster has always just blown me away with how contrasty it is. And that, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah. No, I can see that for sure. Um, the idea that Sarah asked Laszlo why he calls himself mm. a cripple. Yeah. Um, 
We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. But, and there's more later. There, yeah, we'll come back to that. Okay. What I want to say about that. Uh, and then John lighting cigarettes. <laughs> cigarette after cigarette Such a after dope. cigarette. It's so perfect. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they're going to cut to John at one point. He's just going to have 10 cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just the, with, the, with the Zippo underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking of, uh, in the, actually, to, to talk about the naked gun again, uh, there's a scene where they're on a stakeout um, in the first Naked Gun. Have you seen the Naked Gun movie? Yeah. Okay. It's been a little while, but yeah, I've seen them. God, they're the best. Uh, there's a scene where they're on a stakeout and they're eating like pistachios yeah. while they're talking in the squad car and they're just chucking the shells out, in the, they're uh, out yeah. the window. Do you remember this? And then it's like, you know, they, they see the suspects that they get out of the car and it cuts to like the wide shot outside the car <laughs> and the, the stack of shells <laughs> is up to the window and he has to like push the door really hard to move them yeah. Yep. That's that's the roof is just cigarette butts. There's just <laughs> thousands of cigarette butts off of the side of the roof on the street below or something <laughs> yeah. like that. That's beautiful. Moore's just like surrounded by them. They're up to like his <laughs> up to like his waist. Oh God, oh, man. man! The mental image of him with like a whole carton of smokes <laughs> in his mouth, like a cartoon wolf, just yeah. like lighting them all. <laughs> oh, somebody with, Photoshop that for oh, us, please. Man, I want to do it now. That's so good. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Moore's adult sometimes, and I think it's just adorable that he doesn't understand why it's yeah. important to not light matches. <laughs> oh, oh, nobody's supposed to know we're up here. I guess I should. <laughs> and in the this. background, he's like got his TV on, and like <laughs> <laughs> shooting playing, off bottle he's rockets. Got a drum set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Oh, man, all these other great scenarios. That <laughs> these are things that. That should be in like the new uh, Naked Gun revival. Yes, <laughs> yes, Luke Evans for. Uh, oh, oh, he'd be great for for Naked Gun. He'd be great. Uh, Frank, Frank, Frank Drebin for a new era. Yes, yes. I don't. I guess I don't know if I can say if I can ask too much more about the priest. I can sit here and try to think for a second of why that might be. Well, it's There's not a priest it, up on a roof with a bunch of Bibles. It's an important thing in the books, and uh, and it it does it is an important thing. I don't know if they're going to talk about it on the show, though. Truthfully, so this might be thing. This something we have to stick a pin in and come back to in our in our series finale episode, um, because I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if it was just a way that they were like we can we can have some we can have a fake out scare yeah. or if they, if it is more motivated than that. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I think the next episode will probably, if, it, if it's not talked, because the next one is episode seven, so then there will be three. This was six, right? This was six, so, so we'll have so seven, there's, eight, there's, nine, there's ten. There's four more. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. All right. We can come back to that later on. Uh, act two is pretty big, too, so let's start into that. Laszlo doubts his theories. As Cyrus mentioned, 17 men talked to Stevie that night, and any one of them could have been the killer. John asks Stevie about striking any striking appearance, characteristics, or a silver smile, but Stevie doesn't recall any. Sarah postulates that maybe Willem didn't appear because he's not the killer. She reassures John that they might have another opportunity in nine days during Pentecost. I do like the way that the show sets it up, that the reason, perhaps, that the, kill, that the killer, if the killer is Willem, didn't appear is because he was under house arrest, basically. Yeah, I like that they kind of put that in there. So yeah. if, if you're yeah, a, still they, they're still playing up. If you're the a, if you're a, a Willem truther, then you <laughs> then you have that built in there to be like, oh, well, that's why the killer didn't show, and and that other guy was just a fake out. He mm-hmm. just realized he forgot his watch and turned around to go back home or whatever. <laughs> or he left the stove on. Yeah. Uh, 
Laszlo walks the street and notices the squalor that some young boys are living in just as John and Graham show up to attend the New York Society Silent Auction and Gala for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. They walk past Bishop Potter and J.P. Morgan on their way in. I'm going to stop there for a second because this is so long. Okay. Uh, I guess I don't know if there's a whole lot else to talk about with that kind of debrief in the morning of like, well, we didn't see him, but I think it's cool because we see, you can kind of feel the frustration of the team because they really thought that they were going to get something concrete and they don't know that they were so close. They just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, as the viewers believe they were close or might think so because of the (laughs) ominous man Mm -hmm. from behind, but yeah. And and uh, you could understand. And I I love that Sarah's the one to be like, well, we're just going to, try again in nine days or whenever the next i also really like that like cyrus was up there taking notes he wasn't like just there as a body he wasn't just there there with like a pair of binoculars a bruiser yeah yeah. he he was like he's involved he talked to 17 dudes and any one of them could be the one like which 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 just further points out the the stupidity of wasting sarah of yeah. just leaving her because another set of eyes one more person on the lookout might have seen what's going to happen on that roof she may have seen the guy who making a beeline for him and then turning the other way she may have been like well that was weird yeah i i guess the only other thing is like since they know that the killer climbs and does use roofs like maybe they feel like they're more in the direct line of fire than absolutely yeah absolutely they do but even so there's no reason that they couldn't just have her up there Give her a gun. Yeah, she's a cop. She she yeah. she gets one too, right? And she knows how to use it. Yeah, I don't. Gun. Well, I don't know that she does get one. I thought Tr gave her one. Tr brought her into the room when he explains to the. I was like, "Hey guys, here's your guns," but he doesn't actually hand one to her. I don't okay. think. Well, I'm not sure. Small character trait from the book. She carries. She, does, a, she, does, yeah, she carries you, you a gun with her previously. all the time. She carries yep. a little derringer with her. Yeah, and like her sleeve, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like a. I mean, it's like a small gun like this, and only I think it only holds two bullets, maybe one. Yeah. But in a, if someone's trying to mug you, you shoot them. Yeah. And it's enough to get the job done. Yeah. I think even I think she even pulls it on John at one point when he says something. Yeah, to you her. said you said that. Anyway, too, I think. Yeah, and I I get that they, you are right. They want to keep as many people out of the line of fire as they can, and obviously Cyrus is a big is a big brawny guy, and he'll be able to handle himself better than Lucius probably. Yeah, but he's still like directly partaking, which I liked a lot. Right, and be, but because he's looking at the notepad and he's working on that, he's not watching the street or yeah. the scene. So it you would think like just they also probably don't want to have too many people on the roof to where someone might notice like too hey, many cooks. there's there's five people up there <laughs> <laughs> just standing there too many cooks you got john on the drum set over there <laughs> the neil pert drum set <laughs> god that's the best oh no he's got the dick van dyke rig from mary poppins <laughs> symbols between his knees yes exactly uh Laszlo <laughs> noticing squalor of the children as John and Graham show up to the society. Uh, That's rough. Yeah. It was very... I, I liked the moment of kind of Laszlo kind of reminding himself of why they're doing it sort of thing and why yeah. the frustration will be worth it if they manage to save. Because if they present... if Even if the killer... It's weird that no one says this either. Even if the killer was there but was scared off by them, at least they prevented a murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that no one says that. Anyway. Uh and this is this was one of those scenes that I would maybe pull out to put next to the the horse scene, hmm. those yep. kids laying there mm-hmm. in that kind of ground yeah, it, like, level, it, like in water, yeah, <laughs> like sitting in standing water, yeah. Uh, the gala itself, 
part of me wonders like where is all of this money actually going to go like who's actually like the new york society it's a good thing to be wondering yeah so it's kind of like the the juxtaposition of that shot of them because then it fades from the children laying there to the the gala and that sign it's like yeah Mm -hmm. do they really care or not but john does feels like a lot of fundraisers of today yeah yeah would i'm yeah. sure had i ever gone to a fundraiser um i didn't notice that that there was jp morgan that bi- the bishop was talking to until mm-hmm. my second time through mm. i made or actually i made the connection when jp approaches tr but uh real quick here mary cuts her finger and laszlo notices unwrapping the bandage and applying saliva due to its natural co- coagulant properties but neither of them know how to react to the gesture, so she That's leaves. Most awkward flirting. She leaves him to eat alone, both slightly flustered. Yeah. <laughs> like did, you, a, did you feel for the scene? It felt that that was like uh, that was like kindergarten, first grade Alex trying to get a girl to like him. You know, like that's problem. Like you know, you should put some spit on that. <laughs> <laughs> that that long ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. I have stories. Those are for another podcast, though. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like that. It, it feels like the most rudimentary kind of flirting. Oh, I, I was just making a joke saying that around the time that I met you, it would not be too surprising <laughs> if you if, if you had been like, yeah, just put a little rub a little spit on there. Here you go. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. With accompanying sound effects. I would like to think I wouldn't do that, but no, anyway, no. Just uh, this is this is in the line of jokes along yes. with your, along with your books yes your those book things yes the things no I it was it was a good read. scene and i like i man there's they're so good too the the uns literally unspoken like dynamic there is so good and i, I love the way that they both of them are just kind of like well, uh, <laughs> what do i do is this something that's prevalent in the book like no. you don't okay okay right. so I, I i guess i like all i really want to know from you is like do you feel as though they are paying more attention to it in the show? Yes. Okay. That's we can leave it at that okay. at this point. Maybe come back to that in like a wrap up. But mm-hmm. all right. Um and then the last two little snippets here. Roosevelt's daughter drags her parents and John into a photo when JP Morgan shows up to get a photo with Roosevelt by himself. As the photos are being taken, they discuss Laszlo's interest in Willem Van Bergen and how the Van Bergens got the mayor his job and Roosevelt his job as well. Roosevelt tries to distance himself from the investigation, but also mentions his desire to protect the children of other cities from Willem's proclivities. That was a good line. Yeah. Morgan warns warns Roosevelt, quote, do not betray your own kind, Roosevelt, or you'll find yourself with no job, no friends, and no goddamn future. Sarah informs Laszlo of a new plan that she coordinated to have Stevie inside the brothel since it appears the killer likes to get his victims from inside. Laszlo continues to doubt his theorizing, but ultimately agrees to the new plan. Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside is the kind of guy where if he's used effectively, he is so good. Yeah. But he's in a lot of garbage. He's yeah. in a lot of like direct direct to video crap. But when he's when he's on and when he's in the right role, oh man, is he effective? Uh, so this is we've talked about it previously, but Michael Ironside plays J.P. Morgan in the show, and even just. Uh, Watching his reactions to what Roosevelt says, I think, are very interesting because he's like, he's putting it all out there for Roosevelt of like the, 
I think he 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 tells Roosevelt, "Hey, Laszlo's snooping around the Van Bergens, and you need to do something about this." And mm-hmm. he's thinking, "Well, Roosevelt's going to take care of this." Right. But Roosevelt fighting back a little bit and not giving into that takes him by surprise, and you mm-hmm. can see it on his face with the two seconds he's got to process it and i just think it's awesome even even more it's actually pretty wry on roosevelt's part because he doesn't really even take responsibility for it like jp tries to assign the responsibility to him and he's like you know what what he does is up to him like i'm not i don't control him it's like i'm i have him investigating but i have nothing to do with it (laughs) which (laughs) was pretty slick because he could easily just be like oh well you know, screw you. Like, I'll I'll do what I want. But yeah. even so, he's just kind of like, it's not really on me, though. Yeah, it's not my it's responsibility. Like I didn't ask him to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that line about uh, the children of other cities is fantastic. Finally, I was like, oh man, Roosevelt has some good dialogue. Yeah, because J.P. Morgan's like, the children of the city are going to be safe. Yeah. And then Roosevelt's like, what does he say exactly? What about, I think I probably wrote it down. I think he says, "What a, some." Something along the lines of, "What about the children in other cities?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no, good line. It was good. Good moment. It was very good. Nice to see. Uh, nice to see Roosevelt's family again as well. Alice, Allison. Yeah, there's. I know I mentioned this before. There's a scene where Moore goes to Roosevelt's house to talk to him, and it's such a great scene. And I wish we were going to get that, but I don't think so. Yeah, sure. But he talks about how Alice is basically like mini Roosevelt. Yeah. And how she's just as bullheaded and like has <laughs> such a love for like outdoors and, you cr- see, and creatures. You see a bit of the bullheadedness when she goes to grab John mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very I good. I like uh, his his wife asking if uh, John's grandma was there. Yeah. I also like what John's doing in that shot. He's just kind of in the background, just kind of like meandering around because yeah. he's just kind of like, I don't know what the hell to do right now. <laughs> Doesn't really want to be there. I think he's just kind of moseying by the silent auction items of like the, hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. not with Graham though. Graham's he's really like, good. I like her. She is very good. I was distracted by her at first just because of the other work I know her from, but she's uh, she definitely is encapsulating how she's portrayed in the books. Like That's good. A little, a little kooky. Yeah. Especially with the phone. All the stuff with the phone is really funny. She like, yeah. hates the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it terrifies her. And every I love time that she's rings. like, "Why? What is the matter with just coming over and talking to someone?" And now we have people <laughs> saying, "What is the matter with just talking on the phone yeah. instead of just texting?" Why can't you just knock on somebody's door instead of texting them mm-hmm. that you're there? That kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Lasso's got a good line in that last scene. He says, "Some I sometimes wonder what good my theories do. At the moment, they only occupy bookshelves of other alienists. I liked that." Yep. That as well yeah they have yet to have been accepted by the public or even implemented in a way that's effective enough to be recorded yeah other than just in they have there they, he, he feels as though they're still not even necessarily proven after right. the events of the previous episode and mm-hmm. earlier on in this one so yeah it was a good line uh act three john and graham arrive home with their auction winnings a typewriter and an armadillo <laughs> to find sarah at their doorstep to meet john John explains that he hoped Sarah would teach him how to use the typewriter, but Sarah explains that he'll never be good at it because, like all men, he lacks dexterity in his fingers. Roosevelt visits Laszlo to let him know that his investigation has drawn the... uh... (sighs) Okay. Roosevelt visits Laszlo to let him know that the investigation has drawn the attention of important people, but also that Willem Van Bregen will be fleeing the country. Laszlo is unfazed since he didn't think Willem was the killer. 
Roosevelt waxes on what would cause a man to commit such crimes. Is he mentally defective or just like everyone else with a reason for what he does? And Lazo explains, quote, those who are seen dancing are thought insane by those who cannot hear the music. It's just a matter of finding a way to hear the music. And then Sarah reveals to John that she found an old article about Laszlo's parents mentioning a young Dr. Chrysler dazzling the audience with a rendition of Mozart's Concerto for Piano Number no. 20 in D minor, a piece which cannot be played with one hand. So she hypothesizes that Laszlo has been lying about his congenital defect since he's had it. Uh, Armadillo statue. Awesome. Good. I like that she actually she says John... Uh, I shall keep him in the parlor. That way I have someone to talk to while you're out carousing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that she uses the word carousing yeah. for John. Yep. It's perfect. It's the best word. Yep. I think yeah, you've I used like, it in past episodes. Probably. His, uh, and then his typewriter. I yeah. like that she says, like, where did you... Oh, man. What does she say? Something about wasting his money. What did you spend your money on? And he says, I spent it on the children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. To, to be like, I didn't just go out and buy a typewriter. Yeah. I, I and I like that they like. <laughs> I feel like we live in such a time now where everybody's got computers and everything, and it, like typing is such a ubiquitous skill. Mm-hmm. But back then, it is literally laughable that the illustrator would be buying a typewriter. Is kind of like a that's just funny to me. I don't know. I think it's interesting that Sarah says that men won't be good typists because they lack the dexterity. All men do. I think that's kind of a weird. It's weird coming from her. But I think it's one of those things that women are fed at the time of like men think secretarial work is below them. Hmm. So it's one of those like. You think she's just throwing it back as though like a, you're just not capable of doing it? I don't know how much she actually believes it or maybe she does, but it feels like something that men would tell women to make them empowered to be secretaries oh, at that's the time. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Like one of those things like this is. This is your place in this workplace, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, this yeah. is what you do, even though it's total we bullshit. We can't do this skill. Yeah. It does also feel like the kind of line where she would throw it out there with Laszlo to see the conversation that would stem out of it, whereas with John, he's just kind of like, if you say so. Yeah, it sinks like he, a... He's just kind of like, I thought I'd take another stab at it. I, 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 like, I, I like the hint, though, the kind of meta hint that like he wanted to take his turn. He once wanted to be a writer. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you should be. <laughs> I forgot to mention uh, when Gran brings up whether or not silent auctions are about uh, are exciting for people like gambling. Mm. And John mentions that only for the, only losers, for the losers and yeah. that kind of thing. And he's like, I read it in a book. In a book. <laughs> yeah. What did she say? Like, how, how did you. What, uh, what, what brought you to that yeah. conclusion or something like some some kind of line. That is a like funny that. line. He's like, I read, I read it, it in a book. In a book. <laughs> That was good. He's so proud of himself for reading it, but it's like me, essentially. <laughs> um, yes, so Laszlo and Roosevelt, beautiful trim to his facial hair by Mary. Mm. Yeah, I love his line of just, you're going to have to wait your turn. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I like that when he's around, only when he's around Roosevelt, he, he plays Laszlo like he's playing Tony Stark. Like, yep. It's just very like, I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'm, yeah. I'm not going to take you seriously. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird relationship that's really fun. Yeah, he's kind of, uh, he's like the only person that he doesn't necessarily feel like he's going to learn anything from, but also like the only person that he doesn't care to teach anything to. Yeah, entertain any sort of lesson to. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
Um, Roosevelt's lying about what causes a man to do such things and, and the, the whole, those who are seen dancing, that's, I think that's just also very, very fine writing. Once again, the idea of those who are seen dancing. Uh, oh, you do like it. I like okay, it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's good too. Yeah. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, 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 okay. no. I think, I think it's very good. I think it's a mm-hmm. poignant way to, to illustrate the point. Mm-hmm. It's a good metaphor. Uh, I feel like there was something else in the John and Sarah scene that. Well, and then it ropes back around to the John and Sarah oh, okay, okay, about okay. the Sarah brings out the newspaper. About the about, yep. Yeah. Yep. This is book stuff. You knew this. No, no, this is this. This instance is not book stuff, okay. but what they're driving toward is book driving stuff. towards Laszlo lying about it. Is yes. Book stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is is it even Sarah who realizes this or knows it or anything? Like, well, I guess I maybe yeah, don't want to ask Yeah, let's just let it, it go much. for All right. now. All right. Yeah, I was very curious about that. So, uh, on to the next act. Yeah, I think so. I have I've I've completely and totally given up on my reread. To, by the way, <laughs> to try to keep up with with to keep pace with the show, yeah. I'm I'm way too behind at this point. Yeah, because there's a lot. There's so much that hasn't happened that's not going to happen, mm. and it's fine. Yeah. But I think I will probably go back and um, continue once we're done recording. Yeah. Uh, act four, as Pentecostal mass begins at the church, Willem gets restless and heads out of his lodging to get on a water taxi. Did you feel like he was staying at the church? Because I kind of did. I felt like the church I didn't bells, think he was at home. I felt like the church bells were what was kind of driving him yes, to drink. Yeah. Or at least that's what the show was And what was, was he kind drinking? Of, it looked like it said hydrochloric acid on one of the bottles. I'm not sure. And I was like, is he killing himself? I didn't pause to look at it, but... Hmm. Well, also, where he was staying looked like the kind of attic area where Laszlo pursued the killer initially. I, I yeah, I, I noted that as well. It may have just been a recycled set. Maybe. But it did uh, it did have that vibe, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. He may not have been at the house. Yeah, I felt like maybe he was he was at a... Especially because his parents like weren't there. It seemed like a smaller domicile. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was very like attic space. Uh, so the information that Willem is getting on a water taxi finds its way back to Connor, I think by way of Doyle who takes matters into his own hands to get Willem to Buenos Aires. Lucius keeps an eye on the brothel once again from outside as Stevie is monitored by Marcus and John inside. A young boy who goes by the name of Rosie tells Stevie how bad he is at being a girl and demonstrates using his eyes to lure in prospective customers. Connor and his right-hand man tail Willem to confront him only to chase him up the construction work for a bridge. Willem pleads for his life, warning Connor that he is a Van Bergen but Connor's anger and hatred of sodomites gets to him as he pulls a gun and shoots Willem in the head. Connor and Doyle wrap Willem up and they throw him over the edge into the river below. Willem's dead. Gone. Gone ball. I think it's pretty safe to say Willem's probably not the killer. <laughs> he is the, the red herring returned to the river yes. from whence he came. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's not quite the conclusion I was expecting for him. No. But it was pretty cool. I like Connor just. <laughs> I think waste. Connor's. I think Connor's just kind of sick of dealing with his ass too. I think he's kind of like I am sick of this punk ass rich kid who has everything, 
and chooses yeah, to waste gets it. Gets protection by the police, but exactly. still messes up. Yeah, and... I think there's this this finally bit of just like anger and it just over to and he's like, you know what? Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you're kid, not worth this, this trouble. This kid's anymore. barely worth this bullet that I'm about to put into his face, <laughs> which is a great shot by the oh, way yeah. for like 1896. Uh, Weaponry. 1896, dude who's probably drunk. Probably <laughs> drunk, yeah. He's like, I shoot better when I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. So it seemed like that that's the bridge site where they found the first boy. Yeah. I, or at I least would, similar. I would think so. I don't know if it was Another, exactly another reused there. set? <laughs> no, it's not that it was a reused set, but I feel like it could have been like uh from the other side or i don't know like it didn't they didn't connect the dots to make it the same one i will say this is the only time that i there's a shot of connor climbing the the construction Mm. that looks like the worst green screen Mm. in the world so that was i did see a little bit of the seams (laughs) there but in the world not in the world but it was pretty bad uh, for me to notice it, it's got to be pretty bad. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's it was still just kind of like I don't know. Do you watch on your TV? I do. Okay, I usually watch on my iPad. So yeah. I wonder if I if the experience is better for me because it's a smaller screen. Maybe if I didn't notice it as much. Yeah, that's possible. That is possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What else do we got here? We got a little bit with Rosie. Do you know if Rosie is in? I don't the remember. Book at all? I don't remember. Yeah, uh, that was a good scene, though. It was a, it was a, again, like very sad because they're they have they're having this nice like normal conversation, and he's like laughing at him, and he's like, "You'll make you're a terrible girl." Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, well, and the fact that the boy is like versed in the art of seduction, essentially, it's just, and he looks younger than Joseph. Yep, he's a real little kid. Yeah, the only other thing about the Rosie scene that really stands out is something we kind of already covered that. John and Marcus are in like the most conspicuous places in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Very clearly just watching. And I feel like if you were anyone else in the room, you'd be like, no, those are these two guys. Yeah. These two guys who are literally never here Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. And they, they're like well dressed, Mm -hmm. put together. Yep. Not super drunk, not imbibing in the atmosphere and doing nothing, Mm -hmm. but watching one particular boy. Yeah. It's not the most robust sting operation, but you know, that's why I, I like, I th- I'm pretty sure in the book they just stick to the roofs. Yeah. Well, I know John and Marcus are on a roof and not, yeah, so right there, they're supposed to be on the opposite roof Yeah. from Lucius and uh, Cyrus because it, it's actually pretty important. Yeah. Why? Okay. So that was the thing at the top I said that they don't really quite nail. Okay. We can maybe talk about later. Well... Uh, Act 5, a shadowy figure enters the brothel and approaches Stevie just as John is distracted by Joseph and Marcus is distracted by Rosie. The killer offers to take Stevie away to a castle and walks away as John notices the terrified look on Stevie's face and a chase for the killer commences with Marcus running after the fleeing shadowy figure. Uh, We can kind of take these one by one. Okay. So the shadowy figure walking in. Did you get the feeling that the other girls or boys knew the person? You know, I wasn't paying attention. That's a great question. They, I, he didn't seem to draw any attention. They, Because there are two girls that see him when he walks in. And I couldn't tell if they were, like, scared or 
there was almost part of it that made me feel like they were carrying out a little bit of a plan too but that was just kind of like a it's it's so conspicuous that rosie and joseph both distract them at the same time that part of me was kind of looking for it like there are things set in motion as he walks in and there's kind of like somebody goes to serve people and one of the girls on the table kind of slaps somebody away as the person is walking up to stevie like it's interesting it's kind of i think it's just showcasing how he can blend in yeah and i I feel like it's a it's a little bit of a that steady cam in with him Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a production going around the camera i guess but I just thought that was kind of interesting, but it, it is like I feel like I kind of feel like they look at him and know who he is, or or at least don't really care. They that may he's have, there. yeah. I think the idea is that he's he's able to just walk among unassuming, them, yes, yeah. until he picks out whoever it is he wants to to talk to. That makes sense. Um, the conversation with him, his voice it does it does feel like like he's not a native english speaker his voice is cool i like it yeah the little snippets that we get um i don't know if i can pull anything else out of it at this point but he he is very creepy (laughs) yeah he sounds actually a little bit like ted levine and i'm not actually i'm not trying to suggest Mm. that um Ted Levine Burns is the killer. Is, yeah. uh, is is the killer because that's not true. Yeah. But he does have just kind of this weird low kind of creepy yeah. vibe to him, which is great. I thought it was really cool. I thought Stevie's reaction is interesting because Stevie seems to know right away. Like he, before the guy even says anything about the castle, Stevie has this look in his eye of like, oh shit, like this is... Well, and I mean, they, they were real. they were anticipating that he maybe has a distinctive appearance, mm-hmm. but we don't really know exactly what it is as of yet. Maybe there's another silver smile, but <laughs> who knows at this point, really? Um, it was on. It was creepy for sure. Yeah, and he's trying to give them the signal, and yep. they're both not paying attention. Yes, the signal of polishing his foot with his leg. Yeah, and Marcus is distracted by telling limericks which is really funny <laughs> yeah. and john's Rosa. trying to help joseph and uh is this when joseph tells him illustrating is stupid no that was in the that was in the well, they, they keep talking about it though here right doesn't he ask him like why someone would pay you pictures or pay you to draw pictures and he's like, yeah you might be right and he's like because not everyone not anyone can do it yes like, you need this you need the, which is really funny it's just damn it it's an important job <laughs> not just anyone can do what i do yeah it's funny. Yeah. I liked it. But uh yeah, this is really good. I the again, they continue to be a couple of boneheads though, but just being like, Stop instead of just like yeah. following him out into mm-hmm. the, into somewhere where he can't immediately hide from you. Yeah. They just get too caught up in it. Ugh. Yeah, and even like the the idea that John runs up to him and is like, What's wrong? And it's like, Oh, it's that dude. Yeah. And like if they could have played it out a little bit more or just tried to see what was going on like i feel like they could have had another plan lucius seems very keenly aware like oh he's upstairs there's something wrong in a little bit here i didn't yeah. really get to that part like they could have it feels like stevie could have played it out but maybe he's just too scared 
I don't know. He was definitely spooked. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and Laszlo talk in a carriage outside, and Sarah purposefully drops a page of Mozart's Concerto for Piano Number Twenty, <laughs> asking Laszlo if he's familiar with the piece. And she mentioned, or and mentions, she heard that he was somewhat of a prodigy. Laszlo admits that he has had his day in the sun, and she confronts him about his arm and ultimately offends him by calling him a coward, which he slaps her for. Yeah. Oh, I dropped this piece of music. So clunky. Yeah. It was it was almost comical, and even he his reaction is very of one of very like. Mm. Wow. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Reading this piece of music in this carriage with no piano or yeah. light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what documents do you have out right now? <laughs> Your itty bitty book light you left at home. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely pretty ham fisted. It's it's kind of entertaining. But her refusal to let it go or to I don't know. She seems very of the mind that someone did it to him. Yeah, and it and wasn't it, an accident. And, like and it's not and that revealing this lie, revealing why he's been lying will reveal some something huge about him. But it's not in the interest of the investigation. Yeah. Which is a little... She's just curious about it herself. Yeah. It's like the... Unless it is, unless it's going to be the breakthrough that, that he needs to help him look at his bird. Look at your bird. <laughs> the, uh, the idea that, like... Because she, she, she mentions, she's like, what is it about what happened to you that enforces this prejudice against the killer of like it's almost like why are you being so mean to this guy like i don't know it's very it's kind of strange it's just yeah the motivation so self-motivated and like like, unrelated to the sting going on outside of like why is she interrupting that with this Mm. but so to be fair she has no role in the sting she's got nothing to do but sit in the carriage yeah they're just supposed to sit there the slap is pretty gross that's uh that's pretty bad that was uh, definitely his his reaction in the office was bad enough, and then like to go around and outright slap her. What I really liked though about it was his evident shame over it. Surprised it. him, yes. And yeah. then when he's when when they say you have to come quickly, Laszlo, the way he looks back at her is like he can't apologize yet because he still is trying to come to terms with the fact of what he just did because he knows how inappropriate it was, he knows yeah. how horrible it was, and. I liked I liked that look in his eye of just like he can't even be like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like I didn't mean it he he's even like stunned by it and he yep. just is caught up in it. I will say the actual edit of the slap I didn't think was particularly good. <laughs> you mean Daniel Brühl didn't actually haul off and just slap her in the face? Well, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look particularly believable, and I think I feel like it's because they cut to after he's made contact with her face like it's it was a little weird i guess yeah like it's like there's a little minute minute of like lost time we don't see him drawing his hand up and it's just immediately like it's like uh it's like if you were to just put a camera on her face and like some other arm comes up and slaps her (laughs) like that kind of thing is what what it kind of felt like to me like a naked gun yeah yeah exactly uh Meanwhile, Marcus is chasing the shadowy figure, and the shadowy figure gets the jump on him and gets away. After locking Stevie upstairs, John runs out to fetch Laszlo, and everyone heads upstairs to see Stevie, including Marcus and Lucius, 
who abandoned his post on the opposite rooftop. They notice Cyrus is missing from the rooftop and head back out to see where he is, leaving Sarah and Stevie behind. Laszlo finds Cyrus's body, and Lucius mentions that it's weird that he would attack Cyrus and draw attention to himself when he realizes, along with John, that it was a distraction and a window on the third floor is open. Then we cut to Joseph lying at the feet of the Statue of Liberty, missing his eyes and a hand, if not more. Uh, Cyrus, uh, it doesn't seem like Cyrus is necessarily dead, right? No. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get that in tension obviously because you know lucius being like well this is weird <laughs> like not being like oh my god we need to do something about right, this yeah. um this so this whole sequence caused a little bit of dismay for me because it's so disorganized it's just like this stupid well, as i was watching and i remember you talking about how there's fist fight they're like there's a good fist fight in the book is this at that time or no. is that, okay that's no. another okay i don't think we're ever gonna get that okay. um it's just such a total disorganized kerfuffle of like Scooby-Doo characters running from one end of the house to the Yakety other. sax playing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing for like the whole organization in general. And I, and I just didn't really, the killers kind of played as like all over the place. Like it's well, and the ki- tracing the killers path is kind of crazy. Cause like, okay, he was in there and then he chose for some reason even though he could have just crept away from Marcus, he chose to push him and then run a risk getting shot and then <laughs> yeah. take off when clearly he, he had all the time in the world to just get away quietly. Well, and I, but, I will, but then he, but then he got across the street up to the roof, knocks out Cyrus back down to the other building and, and, and goes oh, up in, to in the sp- window, opens it up, extracts Joseph and yeah. And, and Joseph, so that was Joseph. Again. I think it is. Okay, I, I think it is. I wasn't so sure. And I could well, and I guess I could be wrong. Like I did go back and um, because Joseph's been warned. Joseph was warned, and I was trying to see because I was like, I had to rewind it a couple times as I was taking notes because I was like, does John put Joseph in that room with Stevie? Not with Stevie, but does he like take him upstairs too and lock him? I don't remember. I and and I I look back and he doesn't. Like I don't think he does. So maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't think it's Joseph. Okay. Because Joseph's been warned like not to go with a guy who says, "Yo, I got a castle. Let's go." That's fair. If anything, maybe it was maybe Rosie, it was Rosie or maybe just another boy that yeah. he had already spoken to. I guess I thought, well, I can I can Because in in the book and I think to an extent in the show, this the killer builds a rapport with these victims. He doesn't just show up one night and they're not just in the room, and he knocks on the window and goes, "Hey, how's your life? You want to come with me instead?" Like it's I it, he, can show you the yeah world. exactly. He rolls up on his magic carpet. <laughs> um, he, he he visits them repeatedly and builds a rapport with them. And and they even said that Ali uh, Ibn Ghazi spoke about him and was like, "Oh, he's going to take me he's away. A saint. He's yeah. a saint." Yeah. So they they had had conversations and they had had more than one encounter, which is why I kind of wondered too, like to your question about when he's walking in and the two boys just kind of disre- him? disregard yeah. him. Do they just recognize him as like a regular John? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure. like it. Part I guess part there's of there's the rope, right? Yeah, hanging there still. Okay. Yep. I wasn't necessarily certain. We are watching the last scene right now as yeah. we record, but I don't know. That could be Joseph. Hmm. Well, we'll find out next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll have to find out next week. I'd be surprised. I would, I would, it would be a bit... Right in. Let us know who you think yeah. it is. It's really terrible, though, how how that how that is presented, that shot. I, w- I didn't expect that. 
at the statue for the episode Liberty. to end like that. Well, or with yes, the a, a boy is killed there at the that that does happen in the book, the Statue of Liberty. There is there is a scene there. I guess I can just go to the book and see who it is that winds up there, and it probably will tell. Um, so that does happen. It's a hell of a final shot. It's just like the the way the boy is just there is so like just especially in that shot it's just so horrible looking yeah it's just so grotesque and awful because it's like daytime essentially and it's at the foot of the statue of liberty it's interesting too because earlier in the episode willem looks out the window at the statue of liberty as well like it, it just it, he not dead yeah how's well not not that this bullet passed through head clean <laughs> clean exit take out tumor which wasn't supposed to be there <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the uh, like he Joseph Joseph says that they they don't even necessarily believe that it's a human. They think it's a spirit, which mm-hmm. I think they says are most a assuredly bit, a man. Yeah, it says a little bit more about the killer's ability to be in a lot of places at once, and maybe kind of like, but I don't know. <laughs> Nick is shaking his fist. He's like, you're on the cusp of something. So close. On the cusp of glory. Yes, on the cusp of glory. One of your autobiography titles. Yes, yes, my self-given autobiography title. Because, yeah, it's an autobiography. They're all self-given. Entertaining here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know, when it's all, if the show does it right, if it sticks the landing, you're going to just be like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna be so satisfied no you're not even gonna be frustrated you're just gonna be like man what a neat little bow yeah i feel like it, i feel like a little bit how i felt about the chain in uh preacher with the like do you know what that sound is oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. that's a little bit how i feel yeah. right now good yeah this is a this is a familiar <laughs> position then me on the other side going <laughs> just wanting to say a little bit more but yeah. i really enjoy watching you reason it out well, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, this is a really good episode. I liked it. Yeah. Um, even though it kind of bungled, for me anyway, the sting. It was it was exciting to see them all working together. I really liked seeing Cyrus get in on the action. Yeah. Um, even though he just gets knocked out. Yeah, I knew, you know, as soon as they were like, oh, we need someone else, and they kind of turned to him, I was like, oh, it's coming, and I got <laughs> I got real excited. I mean, I, I feel like we're really, we're really ramping up here. And, okay, uh, some yeah. I know based on some of the neck or this season ons that we've been seeing, not even necessarily this next week on that pretty soon here, we got to be coming up. It's got to be either episode seven or eight where something pretty massive is going to happen. And and that's going to shed a ton of light on the killer. Okay. So this is the point of the series where I'm starting to get, I'm really, I mean before I've always been looking forward to to the upcoming Monday, but this week I'm like really just dying for it because I'm like, just gasping You're for in. air yeah and i want to see i want to see it continue to unfold all right well put a pin in it we'll be back next week mm-hmm. once again you can find more episodes of our podcast on the alienist.tv we're also on tv time apple podcast stitcher radio and google play music you can email us at feedback at the alienist.tv to tell us what you think of our podcast share your thoughts on tnt's the alienist so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding the Alienist or our podcast. Let us know who you think died at the end there. If you thought it was Rosie or Joseph or somebody, get your bets in now. Just unnamed third. Whoever's right doesn't win anything, but we might talk about it on the show. We will talk about it on the show. Yes. That's a guarantee. Yes. If everyone wrote in feedback, we'd, we would just do it all. It's true. We'll do an extra feedback episode. Mm-hmm. 
the Midwest Podcast Network has other shows about video games, horror movies, HBO's Westworld, and AMC's Preacher. Find out more about these shows as well as how to support the network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. My theme music is the song Division by Kevin McLeod, and it is being used under an attribution creative commons license. And that's it for this episode of The Alienist Recap. We can't wait to see what's on next week's episode of The Alienist, but until then, we'll see you at the chalkboard.